The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. If you've been following what we've been doing on our AI Today podcast and our research at Cognolytica, you know that we spend a lot of time on use cases and how various industries are using AI and cognitive technologies. And we think this is important because many organizations want to implement AI technologies, but they're not quite sure where to start and they want to see what others have done. Sometimes they look to other companies and industries as guides to see what they've done so that they're not starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. And we've seen hundreds, if not thousands, of implementations of AI projects through all the stuff that we've done here at Cognolytica. And you've heard us talk about many of them through the use cases and our use case podcasts and a lot of the writing that we do for TechTarget and for Forbes. And also a lot of our training and a lot of our customers puts us into contact with a lot of AI implementations. And despite all of that diversity of all the many different varied ways that people are using AI and machine learning, we found that generally they fall into roughly seven patterns that we can identify these patterns and say, oh, that's interesting. This application or this implementation is this individual pattern or a combination of patterns that helps to make that system work. And so we've identified these seven patterns and we talked about that in our seven patterns of AI podcast and much of our writing. And for those of you that have not heard that before, basically in no particular order, these seven patterns are hyper-personalization, autonomous systems, predictive analytics and decision support, conversational slash human interaction systems, patterns and anomalies, recognition systems, and of course, goal-driven systems. And any AI project or implementation can have one or more of these seven patterns as part of their solution. So each pattern requires its own machine learning and cognitive process, but they can be combined together to form an AI project. And so we wanted to spend some time on this podcast taking a deeper dive into the autonomous systems pattern. Yeah, so one of these seven patterns that we see come up repeatedly is this idea of machines that are able to do things on their own with little, if any, human interaction. Basically, you kind of set it and forget it, right? And of course, you might be thinking about autonomous vehicles and robots, but there's really lots of situations when you might want to have a machine in self-control of its decisions and aware of its surroundings. And all of the applications that basically hinge on this pattern is what we call the autonomous systems category of AI application. Right. So the objective of this pattern is to minimize human labor. Now, that means that this system needs to be pretty darn good if we're not having a human in there. Examples of this are autonomous documentation and knowledge generation, autonomous processes and cognitive automation, autonomous business process where you're able to navigate through a system autonomously, find bottlenecks, find optimal paths for documents to flow, things like that. This idea of collaborative robots or cobots, where they're robots that are able to work in conjunction with and next to humans, autonomous vehicles, of course, and then proactive decisions as well. Right. So we first should probably define what we mean by autonomous, because autonomous does mean something. And generally, it means you know physical or virtual systems or software systems or hardware systems that are able to accomplish some task or achieve a goal or interact with their surroundings and and perform their objective with minimal or any human involvement. 
And so when we think about autonomous, obviously we think about these things, systems that are self-controlling. And of course, this is where we need machine learning and intelligence because in order for a system to act on its own, it has to be very much aware of its surroundings. It has to be able to predict what will happen next and it has to plan for how to actually deal with the reality of the universe. And that's what makes this autonomous systems pattern so interesting. So of course, you know, one of the first things you might think about with autonomous systems are autonomous vehicles, right? Right. And so there are six levels of autonomous vehicles and we'll talk through them very quickly. So level zero just is a car that has no autonomous features. And that's actually more cars on the road than you would think today. They're just, you know, your basic car that gets you from point A to point B and a human needs to be in control the entire time. Level one is where the car can start to handle one task at a time, like automatic braking. So it's useful, it's a safety feature more than anything else, but a human still needs to be in control. We hope you're enjoying this podcast and sorry for the brief interruption. Cognolytica not only produces the AI podcast that you're listening to right now, but we also generate research and advisory to help companies make sense of AI and cognitive technologies. We also run the most authoritative vendor-neutral AI and machine learning training and certification on the market. If you're looking to make AI a reality for your organization, our three-day Cognolytica training is for you. If you're interested in attending, you can find pricing and registration on our website at Cognolytica.com. We'll also provide a link in the show notes. We've met many of our podcast listeners in our classes, and we hope that we'll see you there as well. Now back to the podcast. And there are cars on the road right now with level one autonomy. Level two is where these cars can have two features together. So it could be automatic braking and adaptive cruise control. Again, this is a safety feature more than anything. So it's nice to have, but a human still needs to be driving the car. Level three is where we start to have some dynamic driving tasks that are taken over by the vehicle, but a human needs to be there and be present, be paying attention, and take over when the vehicle doesn't know what to do anymore, which is starting to move a little past safety into autonomous driving, but is actually kind of a scary level because, you know, if you're not driving daily, you don't know how to react to certain situations and the car is asking you to take over at a very critical point. Level four is where the car is driverless in certain environments. So this is where humans are not driving within certain geofenced areas, that the car can drive in certain weather conditions, that it's able to handle, you know, sunny, nice days. But a human still needs to take over if you go out of the geofenced area or if the weather conditions are very poor. Level five is where the car is fully autonomous. There's no human needed behind the wheel. And this is where things can start to actually be very autonomous. It can drive in any condition. It can drive in any location. And you can start to change the interior of the car because no longer do you need steering wheels or pedals or joysticks. You don't need seats to face forward because you're not driving the car. So this is where things can start to actually change. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason we talk about these levels of autonomy is that a lot of times when people think about autonomous systems, we think about, well, we're not going to go from zero autonomy to like complete autonomy because there's a lot of risk involved. I mean, that's one of the challenges with the autonomous pattern is that it's it's one of those things where it's like you have to give up control. Yes, and you got to make sure that you got it right because it's a pretty hard pattern. Right. And this is actually one of the harder patterns. I mean, when people try to like, they go on and go right to autonomous systems, we say, 
almost all autonomous systems go through levels. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about this later because even when we think about autonomous business processes, it's not like we go from like business processes that are completely manual to business processes that are completely autonomous. Yeah, like overnight. (laughs) We have these these levels. And in thinking about autonomy in forms of levels is very, very helpful. Sort of brings us to the idea of robots because kind of where we have, you know, sometimes you also want to think about autonomous systems, not just in terms of vehicles, which is very popular now because I guess people don't like to drive and they like being driven around and, you know, the movement towards Uber was like the, okay, we want somebody else to drive us. Wouldn't it be nice if it was a robot? Okay, that's cool and that's great and that's nice. But, you know, really the first autonomous systems were really used in things like manufacturing. And when robots first came about, they were, you know, not autonomous at all. As a matter of fact, still 90 plus percent, maybe 98 percent of robots are completely programmed. You know, there's no learning. They just do the same operation over and over and over and over again. Industrial robots, you know, warehouse robots, you know, those kind of robots, they're meant for repetitive tasks, right? So we'd spend a lot of time talking about automations, not intelligence, and we're probably going to bring it up in just a few minutes here. But the whole idea of robots was to handle what was called the three K's in Japanese, the four D's in English, which is like the dull, dangerous, demeaning, and dear slash expensive tasks where it's like, you know, a robot is just better than a human because, you know, it can do these repetitive tasks over and over again with high degrees of efficiency and reliability. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't make them intelligent. These are just level zero robots, right? They're just automated, but they're not autonomous. Right. So typically they're programmed to do a certain task and repeat that task. And industrial robots, for example, normally are caged off from humans that are surrounding them because they're very strong, they're very powerful, and they do not adapt to their surroundings. So if you put an object in front of it that it's not supposed to pick up, it doesn't sense that, and it will pick it up or crush it or do whatever. Mm -hmm. So then this brings us to the idea of cobots or the collaborative robot, where now this is built to operate in conjunction with and in close proximity to humans. So it's able to understand its world, perceive its surroundings, and have obstacle avoidance so that it's not bumping into humans or walls or you know, right. whatever. Or, and it's able to tactile a sense, you know, maybe it has it's not just a gripper, that's just a, you tell it the strength of the gripper. Maybe it can adapt to the softness or hardness of the article. Uh-huh. And actually, these idea of cobots have been really very popular because you can use these bots now in situations where typical industrial robots might not have been applicable. Right. You know, helping you pick and pack items for shipping or helping you manipulate things in some environment. You have this like little side-by-side mm-hmm. robot that's aware of you. It's not going to smack you and you kind of like, you know, have to be isolating. And also, they're not programmed. They're basically trained. Like you, right. sh- you basically take the gripper and you make it do something and say, mm-hmm. okay, now do that. And then later you could change it, you know? So this is like, you know, we could think of it at levels. It's like, well, it's not completely 100% autonomous, but it's more autonomous than an industrial robot. So it's that next level of autonomy. And a few cobots that we've seen, you know, they're also being deployed on retail floors or in hotels, in hospitals. And so they're able to help with a variety of things. There's the Lowe's bot, which Lowe's the home improvement store, where they're able to have the bot greet you and help you with various things. Walmart has a bot where it's able to scan the store for spills, check to see if items are out of stock or if they're mispriced. A lot of grocery stores have this as well. And then I know that Dubai has an AI bot police officer Mm -hmm. that's able to talk to people in maybe five or six languages. And also you're able to report various small crimes to it. Yeah. And the thing about these is that they're very valuable robots because you want them to be out there doing things when a human can't be there, right? Because so it performs that role of autonomous functions, but it's within certain controlled environments. 
Now, I mentioned earlier that automation is not the same thing as intelligence. It's mm-hmm. very important to talk about this. We've talked about this many times in our podcasts and in our research and our training. We, we hinge on this because just because something is automated, you know, repetitive, does not necessarily mean it's intelligent because intelligence yeah. requires the three Ps, prediction, planning, and perception. So a good example of something that's automated is my coffee maker right? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that I yeah. program to make coffee for yeah. me every morning at a certain time. Right. I mean, and, you know, even things like the Roomba, which is very smart little gadget that can go around and clean your carpet. It's like, this thing is intelligent. I'm like, well, it really isn't. I mean, you, I mean, it's got collision avoidance and, mm-hmm. and it can know when it's running into things. It but can it's, map the room. Yeah. So it's maybe got like a little bit of it, but it's like, you know, there's like limitations on that intelligence. And I think the reason why we mention this is because sometimes people ascribe to the idea of robots intelligence, even though there's clearly no association. Industrial robots, especially on the welding floor in an automobile manufacturing plants, are as dumb as dumb can be. They are meant to do the same welding task over and over and over again. And to change that welding task is a very complicated programming and training endeavor, and it's going to have to be done in a controlled environment. There's like no intelligence there. So why do people think robot must mean intelligence? I have no idea why there's an association between robots and intelligence. I think because when people think of robots, they don't think of industrial robots. They think of of like WALL-E or Johnny Five or R2-D2. They don't think of like some industrial robot that doesn't have a face. They think of robots that they see in the movies. So there's a distinction between dumb bots and smart bots, right? And and intelligent bots. And so basically there's the presence or the lack of machine learning, Mm -hmm. right? If it lacks machine learning, it's it's probably not not intelligent. intelligent. And this, of course, brings up the area, one of those other places where you may not be thinking about autonomous systems, and that's on the software side, and the use of the word robots there, which, of course, implies the dumb bots, not mm-hmm. the smart bots. Mm-hmm. Of course, we got to talk about robotic process automation, so which you, is not any of those things. <laughs> yeah, and if you guys have been listening to our podcast for a while, you've heard us talk about robotic process automation, or RPA. And Robotic process automation is really level zero in intelligence, but it can help companies move up the ladder of cognitive intelligence. But robotic process automation itself is not intelligent. Right. I mean, and I think the reason why people sort of have lumped in RPA with AI is because of the word robot and the assumption that we mean smart robots. But really, you know, like 99%, maybe even more, of RPA is repetitive task automation or workflow automation. If right. I just replaced the words robotic process with the word workflow, and I said, well, these are workflow automation tools, they're still incredibly valuable. Yes. There's so many reasons to automate workflow, automate clicking and typing and swiping and cutting and pasting and you know, mm-hmm. because that's dumb for humans to do, but it's yeah. absolutely necessary oh, because yeah. we can't go through the API. We must go through the user interface. We must access the documents. We can't, you know, so workflow automation with unintelligent software bots. It can inc- still improve efficiency. It can still reduce costs, reduce human labor. So there's a lot of value to it. It's just not intelligent. Right. So we, you know, if you haven't heard it from our podcast, this is one of the first podcasts you're listening to, maybe there is no AI in RPA, period. And I think when you talk to the vendors in the marketplace, they're actually starting to acknowledge that. Right. We found about a year ago, I think that it was starting to, the venture capitalists were actually starting to kind of introduce AI and RPA and confuse it because of robotics and the industry latched onto that. But recently, like Ron said, we've, especially from the bigger RPA vendors, they are agreeing there's no RPA. So just like we can add intelligence to physical bots and industrial bots and make them into something more like collaborative bots that are intelligent, we can add intelligence 
to these pro workflow automation tools and make them more about intelligent workflow automation. And if we do that, what do we have? What can we do? Well, what if we had systems that can, so remember this is software bots, systems that can automatically detect when there are changes in the software system, mm -hmm. automatically detect the processes and like how they should be configured, automatically detect work bottlenecks mm -hmm. and process exceptions. Okay, this is where we're adding intelligence now. This is a level one, two, and three. Well, actually, we have multiple levels. We talk about multiple levels of cognitive automation where we have the system using machine learning to understand different levels of complexity where you, where you want these processes to run on their own, which of course means without human intervention, which is autonomously. So let's talk a little bit about autonomous business process. What do we mean by autonomous business process? So autonomous business process is where we are able to have automatic and autonomous process discovery, meaning that humans are not involved in this. We're having the system figure it out for itself. Autonomous process analytics and autonomous process optimization. So right now, there is no solution out there that's doing this. This is the goal. And so like we said earlier, how we brought up the levels of vehicles, we have levels of autonomous business process. So level zero is RPA, where it has no cognitive solutions, but it's still useful and it's, you know, moving data from one system to another. And then as we continue to move up the scale of autonomous business process, we bring in more and more. Mm. And it's the goal. So it's something that businesses should strive for. And as they, you know, have workflow optimizations and changes to their systems, this is something that they should be thinking about. Right. Because processes change all the time. Right. And rather than having a human constantly going in there and reworking systems, it would be nice if the systems can adapt, which is really what autonomous capability is all about. So moving on a little bit. So we talked a little bit about autonomous vehicles, autonomous bots, both hardware and software. There are other things that are within this autonomous systems pattern. Another thing is like, what if we can have a system automatically try to extract information? Because that's another thing we usually associate a person with, which is, you know, going into documents and saying, you know, can I create FAQs? Can I create knowledge bases? Can I automatically log things? Like, you know, like for compliance and for auditing. And can I basically start looking at ways to increase operational efficiency? Can I basically generate legal documentation or generate mm -hmm. medical documentation, automatically generate invoices without someone having to go into the accounts yeah. payable system? How amazing is that? Yeah, these are all like things you can do with an autonomous system because you're basically giving up control over decision making and action to a machine to do those things. And it may seem like really trivial, but you know, a lot of the inefficiency in organizations has to do with somebody in accounts payable generating an invoice or processing something. Yeah, and, and they're and, gone you know. for a week and now no invoices are generated. Right. Wouldn't this be nice? That would be nice. So what else can we do? This whole idea of autonomous decisions, which is really the core of all of this, which is what can we do if we can let a machine make decisions for people right. or instead of people? Right? right. So this would be processes and actions where there's no human involvement in this and it's doing processes and actions autonomously. So this can include things like autonomous routing, such as internal tickets or routing of documents to various departments, systems that can learn for itself to figure out better ways to handle a process flow. Maybe the way that you're currently, you know, flowing documents through your organization is not the most efficient way and systems can automatically and autonomously do that. And then also autonomous navigation. So this is things like with vehicles. So that can be cars, boats, 
planes, drones, any autonomous navigation. Mm-hmm. So, of course, one of the areas that we're seeing the application of autonomous with this decisions and its own letting the machines kind of make the decisions on their own, because once again, the purpose of autonomous systems is to eliminate, reduce the necessity for humans to those particular tasks. This is making a big difference in logistics and supply mm-hmm. chain and warehouses. Yeah, autonomous logistics can help with a lot of things. So it can help improve shipping times and order fulfillment. It can more accurately track shipments and monitoring of events that could disrupt the supply chain. So say that there's a hurricane that's expected on one coast. It's able to reroute shipments accordingly, adjust for that, and still get packages to customers on time or very close to on time. It can also help with things like more accurately helping with inventory forecasting, so to reduce under and overstocking. Right now, inventory forecasting can be very difficult because there's a lot of factors involved and not all of them, clothes and styles and things can change from season to season. So what was popular one season may not be popular this season or for whatever reason, one item last season is not popular now. So it's kind of still a science and AI and machine learning helps with that. Yeah, and I think you know one of the biggest areas of the application of the autonomous system pattern, as we've talked about in numerous podcasts, is this idea of autonomous retail. Mm -hmm. And this is definitely changing the industry because as we've moved from like, you know, self-checkout now to where (laughs) we are now, we're seeing this vision starting to be pioneered by Amazon with Amazon Go, but no doubt we're going to see this at Home Depot and Lowe's and and Walmart Walmart and Starbucks and all these places, McDonald's, is the idea that you can have a whole experience where you can have a retail experience with very little, maybe almost no human interaction at all. And really just, just maybe a couple of humans there just to make sure everything yeah, is Yeah, help with well. customer service, answer particular questions that customer have. Maybe they can dive deeper into certain products and get, you know, more one-on-one help for certain things. I don't know if you're like in a Lowe's and I don't know what kind of paint <laughs> right. I need for my wall. But something maybe, like that. You know, you'll be talking to chatbots about that very soon. But so. if I need help saying like, hey, where are the nails or hey, where's a hammer? I can just go to the Lowe's bot and it'll help. It'll walk with me and direct me to where it is. Yeah. And wow, now I have even less human interaction. Right. So, <laughs> so the idea of this autonomous retailer, once again, systems that are basically operating completely on their own. Right. And it's not too long where even, let's say, the drive-through experience will be totally revolutionized. You mm-hmm. may have a system that recognizes who you are in the hyper-personalization oh, yeah. pattern. Maybe. We may be bringing in a lot of different patterns. So first, it can recognize your car from your license plate. I know that McDonald's recently acquired that, yeah. an AI company, and they're experimenting with this so right. that it knows at least the vehicle. Then maybe there can be some identifier that you scan so it knows the person. Now it can bring up maybe a hyper-personalized menu of things that you like that you've bought in the past. You know, if I always order a hamburger and fries, then it's going to pull up different options for hamburgers right. and not chicken nuggets. And you get to the drive through you have a conversational agent. It's like, hello, Ron, what is, would you like to order today? And you talk to it and you're just talking to the chat bot and basically it prepares your order. And while you're doing that, it's autonomously preparing the order. That's the hardest part, actually. Right. And then basically the payment goes autonomously. You don't even need to pull out your credit card. It's all attached to the app or whatever the profile that's built in. But if you do, then you can insert it at the kiosk or whatever. And so this is definitely a pattern we're we're most likely going to start seeing because autonomous systems are getting to the point where this is now possible. So that's sort of like just, you know, these are all part of this autonomous systems pattern. And remember the pattern, it can be applied both software, hardware, it doesn't really matter. But it's like when you're thinking about how am I going to use these AI machine learning processes 
And if I'm, tr- if I'm thinking about using them in a way that's basically replacing the decision-making mm-hmm. and activity of humans with decision-making by machines, that's when I need to start thinking about all the things that are right. involved in this autonomous systems pattern, whether I'm building an autonomous vehicle, autonomous retail, autonomous logistics shipping bot, autonomous business process, or any of that stuff. But we do want to iterate that since the goal of this pattern is to remove the human from the whole process, this is a hard pattern, and it's not one that we recommend starting with. And also remember that there are levels. So this is a journey to autonomous and to, you're not going to go, like Ron said, from zero to 100. You're not going to start with a fully manual system and then expect that, Mm -hmm. you know, in a week, it's going to be fully autonomous. And this actually differentiates this pattern from other patterns. Like the recognition pattern, there's like no level zero, one, two, three recognition. It's like you're you're doing recognition or you're not. The conversational pattern is not like zero, one, two, three. You mean the chatbots may get more sophisticated, but you're either doing a chatbot or you're not doing a chatbot. Pattern recognition, predictive analytics, hyper-personalization, and even goal-driven systems. You're either doing them or you're not doing them. I think that's what makes autonomous so interesting because you could say, well, yeah, it's either autonomous or not. But actually, no, that's not true. It's, you know, it could be autonomous in an assistive way where the human is still having some aspect of control. The question is, do you want it to have zero control, some control, or full control? Right. And that's kind of where we are with the autonomous systems pattern. Listeners, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. And as always, we'll post any articles and concepts and related podcasts in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group, and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.